Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, fellow 20-somethings. It's your girl, Sydney Winter. And guess what? The wait is finally over. Season 4 of Crying in Public is here, and I'm flying solo for the very first time. That's right, no co-host to rein me in, just me and myself in the mic. From relationships to careers and all the awkward encounters in between, we're covering it all. So mark your calendars and set your reminders because Crying in Public is dropping its juiciest season yet. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Why? What do you think? You like the uh, the buttoned up collar as opposed to the plunging collar? Mm, I don't know. Okay. I'll get back to you. But you know, I will say you got rave reviews, and I, I you know, Send this to your girlfriend. Rave reviews about your clothes on Friday from Dustin Sweetelson. Oh, that's all D-Song, fashion stylist. Yeah, yeah they were trying to figure that. out, what what is that logo on Gil's chest? I couldn't even like, tell you. You know, uh, uh, Visa and Best Bets investigation by Kevin Kev <laughs> found right. it for us. He did? Yes. All right. Okay, cool. Uh, still to come this hour, Jason Weigard from Under a Cloud of Smoke talking baseball. Sia Najad on the PGA tournament this week. The second leg of the FedEx Cup, the BMW, on the heels of Lucas Glover overcoming Swamp Tuchus to win the first leg at the St. Jude. What an, what an event. Not only beating the field, not only beating Patrick Cantlay in a playoff, but Swamp Tuchus sweats down his thighs even. It's the whole thing. It was an amazing performance. Uh, and, of course, we'll also talk to Mark Borchard on baseball as well. Mark Borchard uh, joining us a little early besides, uh, or I should say before we do our Beating the Book Q3 podcast as well, which will take place after the show. Um, ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is uh, VEASAN's host. He is a former number one, uh, or I should say first-round draft pick, a former national champion, but always a national champion at the University of Colorado, and one of Wyatt Tomchek's immaculate grid picks, which we have to get into with Mike Pritchard, everybody. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Doing very well. Are you familiar with this game, the immaculate grid, Mike? I am not familiar. Okay, I didn't think you would be. It's, a, it's, an, online, it's an online game. I play it. Right. I think most people play it for baseball. It's essentially, you know, uh, like a tic-tac-toe board, but it's three vertical columns, three horizontal columns. And essentially, they'll, you know, say Baltimore Orioles, New York Yankees, and you have to think of a player who played for both of those teams and plug it in. You're, okay. you're rewarded for the more obscure the player is. So right. Wyatt played the football version of it. Help me out here, Wyatt. It was the Broncos and the Falcons, and you put in Mike Pritchard. Oh, yeah. Th- these are... I've been waiting to use Pritch or Josh Towers for, <laughs> or for Josh baseball Towers. for like right. ever. And I was like sitting there for a little bit. I'm like, Broncos Falcons. Who played on the Broncos Falcons? And it just hit me. Like the light bulb went off. I'm like, oh, Pritch. What was his percentage? 1%. 1%, Mike. That's good wow. in Immaculate Grid. That's very good in Immaculate That's great. Grid. That's so, awesome. So it's thank a, you, Pritch, from the bottom of my heart. Appreciate you helping. You're me very out welcome. Day. You're very tell, welcome. I can tell Mike's thrilled. Mike's you know, like, my I, plan was hatched way back when for you too, Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if I get traded to this tier, I sign with this. That's team. right. 
30 years from now, Mike, uh, right. Wyatt Tomchek will be able to put this in Immaculate Grid. All right. There it is. Because you played the game, you're the perfect person to ask this of, as we are in the uh, middle of the preseason. Now, it's only three games now. It was four when you played. Tell us what, the, what does this mean to different types of teams? In other words, if you're an established team like the Chiefs or the Bills, I'm going to guess that it's less significant than it is to others. But was there something, you know, and, and, and in that context, did you see something from a team that really needed to perform well in preseason or at least need, needed to answer some questions where you were like, okay, that was something to move my needle this past week? Yeah, you know what, Gil, I mean, it's a great, great question because I think, um, you know, what's the, what's the reason for preseason, right? And, and a lot of times... Uh, teams are trying to set a tone or, or, or teams are trying to establish something. Uh, when you think about new coaching situations, whether it's an offense coordinator, defense coordinator, or head coach, a uh, new quarterback situation, I mean, at some point, you have to establish the tone for the season. Uh, so last week, I, I thought some teams were able to do that. Uh, the Raiders were one. I think, were, I think the Steelers established themselves that way. Um, I, I think the Ravens have continued uh, doing what they normally try to do in preseason. Although uh, my, I have reservations of why Lamar Jackson's not playing uh, with a new offense coordinator, right? Um, oh, I think New England. Yeah. Yeah. I think New England with a new offense coordinator. Why didn't Mac Jones play? Uh, you know, those kind of things, even if it's a series or two, just to get your feet wet where we saw, you know, Russell Wilson playing uh, well into that preseason game against Arizona. Right. So, I think this week we have 20 teams in joint practices. Uh, so from a betting standpoint, we're going to get a lot of information uh, starting today. Uh, maybe even yesterday, if you go back and do some research in terms of uh, these preseason practices and what teams are trying to get out of these preseason practices. So for me, I'm waiting for teams to kind of set that tone for the 2023 season, including San Francisco. I, I think San Francisco has a bit of complacency going on right now. Uh, no Bosa, you know, we've, we've got this great team. Our quarterback, you think he's going to be okay. We got a new defense coordinator. We, Bosa's not even in training camp right now. And, and so uh, there's so many question marks. There's so many answers that need to, to have happen uh, for the 49ers, I believe, in, in the preseason. So, you know, looking at teams like that, investigating teams like that. But like I just mentioned, we got 20 teams uh, included in, in certain situations with the joint practices that get a lot of information from. Yeah, um, I think I think in the case of John Harbaugh with Lamar Jackson, I think he said we're going to play him a lot more in week two. That was the plan going in. Right. Not as much week right. one, we'll play more. And that's the thing with having three games now instead of four, teams play it so differently. Like, again, with the, with the four-week arc, we could really count on them playing everybody week three and then sitting everybody week four. We don't know what each team is doing now with the three-game arc. Um, what about the rookie quarterbacks, each of whom I'm talking about, Bryce Young, uh, who's going to start for Carolina, Anthony Richardson, it was announced, is going to start for Indianapolis game number one of, this, of the regular season. We don't know about C.J. Stroud, if he is yet or not. D'Amico Ryans has not made that official. And uh, there was, you know, there were offensive line struggles for a couple of them. In the case of Anthony Richardson, he just, you know, there was a couple drives that started inside his own 10-yard line. So not everything was necessarily on their shoulders. But did you... Did you glean anything from any of those three guys this week? No, no, not, nothing uh, significant. I, I mean, uh, I think Anthony Richardson, he was going to be the starter. Uh, we knew that. Yeah. He was going to be the starter. Uh, you know, same thing w with Bryce. Uh, I think 
uh, he has to start. Now, CJ Stroud, uh, uh, I mean, that, that's interesting uh, because you do have Davis Mills and you do have somebody uh, who's established and somebody who can uh, have everything look okay, right? And so if you're Houston, you're at the point where you need things to look okay. I mean, are you going to be competitive? Are you going to start winning games? Perhaps you might steal some wins. I, I think from a betting standpoint, people are optimistic about Houston. Um, you know, if you are Indy, I, I think Indy has designs on competing. Uh, and Anthony Richardson gives them a great chance of doing that. So naming him the starter uh, and molding him to what you want him to be uh, with that Colts and that, uh, that Colts offense. I mean, I, I think St. Shane Steichen's done the right thing right there. And then Bryce, I, I, you know, Frank Reich and, and everything so new uh, in Carolina, such a departure for what they were last year. I, I, I'm curious about what that's going to turn into. So uh, two teams, I think, are going to have those slow starts. Uh, I think week one, Anthony Richardson, uh, the element of surprise, uh, he might hit the ground running, uh, and he could be a pleasant surprise for the Colts. I've never, I don't think I've ever asked you this, because you and I have talked about the 1991 Falcons, which you were a member of, got to the playoffs under Jerry Glanville, um, were beaten by Washington. But during the regular season, Brett Favre, who played for you guys, came in the game because Mark Rippon threw six touchdown passes, and it was, a, it was a blowout at RFK. But Brett Favre got in the game, threw his first pick. I'm curious in that did you know quickly, getting back to the rookie quarterback stuff or the young quarterback stuff, mm-hmm. did you know he was great then or were you like, eh, I don't remember anything particularly special about him? No, you know what's interesting, uh, Gil, is and go back to preseason. Um, uh, Brett and I started that first preseason game against the Rams and you know I had two touchdown passes. I caught a third um, from Gilbert Renfro. I don't know if you remember that name. Uh, Not <laughs> Gilbert quarterback Renfro. That, yeah, no. Yeah quarterback that came in after Brett, but we had indications right there that, you know, this guy is going to be pretty good. And I think certainly if you're around Brett Favre, he was telling you uh, how good he was going to be (laughs) someday, right? Yeah. Uh, Given opportunities. So yeah, it didn't look great in the pre in in that uh, postseason game against Washington. I mean, Washington, the weather and all that, I mean, history uh, suggests and, and tells you everything you want to know about that situation. But no, there was indicators that a young talent at Brett Favre given the opportunity could be better than what we had. Yeah. Uh, it's just a reluctancy of the head coach uh, at that time, uh, Jerry Glanville w- willing to, to play that out. And, and as it, it turns out, I mean, we went to the playoffs, had a chance had made a great run uh, that year with Chris Miller. Yeah. I I'm just so curious about these teams, right? Like that we won't hear about it. They won't be honest in the press, but like are the Niners secret, you know, are the Niners at this point, are they looking at Trey Lance and saying to themselves, this ain't going to work. Like, I don't know, right? Like, yeah. how quickly do you know as a as a coaching staff? Let me just ask you this, because it's all designed mm-hmm. to to help us with our bets. Right. But, but you have such a great insight that that us mere mortals do not, which is, let's take a show like Hard Knocks. I know nothing like that existed when, when you were playing, but it's mm-hmm. the Jets this year. There's cameras all over. In fact, the the, uh, the show's narrator, Liam Liv, Liv Schreiber, is actually on this week, the, the first week, Hard Knocks, and he mm-hmm. actually asked Aaron Rodgers, he says why don't most teams want to do this show? And Aaron Rodgers, I think, accurately goes, you know, they just don't want the attention, the distraction, all the cameras. Do you think ultimately, with a team like the Jets, and this is just speculation, but I'm curious your thoughts specifically, does it help, does it harm, or does it have no effect, do you think, having this experience? You know, just watching it um, and getting a feel and a sense, Robert Salah's done a great job. I mean, um, yeah, it's a distraction, but can you handle it, right? Uh, we all have distractions, whether it's the crowd, or you're on the road, or whether it's all these cameras you're playing in front of 
uh, national TV all the time, or your national TV. I mean, the spotlight is on the Jets, and they know that. They've embraced that. So a team like this, I don't think it's going to hamstring them at all. Like a younger team, a team that comprised of a lot of young players that just don't know their way through the league. Maybe this could influence that a little bit, the distractions, but I, it feels like the Jets can handle everything as long as they don't have anything uh, controversial, right? Uh, and it doesn't seem like that's going on with the Jets right now. Yeah. They're having fun, they're loose, they just need to execute. Um, so the spotlight, it's five episodes. I mean, I think anybody feels like they can get through that, right? And and so uh, it's been entertaining right now. Uh, but to me, it seems like Robert Salah, the head coach, and certainly Aaron Rodgers have handled it uh, the best that they can right now. Yeah, you're probably right. If it was Washington, as much as I'd like to see it, I would probably <laughs> think like you, like, oh, no, this might not be a good thing. Right. Thank right. you, Mike. Always great. Appreciate it. All right. My Mike, pleasure. Mike Have a Pritchard. great day. Thanks. Mike Pritchard at M.I. Pritchard. See you in the shot on golf next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Oh, this is good stuff right here. Legendary sports better Billy Walters sat down with our own Brent Musburger for an exclusive interview, and the only place to see it is on VSEN. Billy reveals his systems for betting the NFL, shares some unbelievable betting stories, and gives the deets, gives the details on Phil Mickelson's gambling, including trying to bet on an event that he was playing in. Check it out. The interview is Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, only exclusively right here at VSIN, Tuesday, August 22nd. So six days from now, looking forward to that. Billy Walters with Brent Musburger um, on the heels of his book release, by the way, Billy Walters' book release. Uh, it's Gil Alexander, Wyatt Tomchak in for Kelly Bidlin. This gentleman is not only a, a PGA analyst, he's also the NFL analyst over at uh, Sportsline, co-host of the First Cut podcast, and we welcome him back to the show. Sia Najad joins us. How you doing, Sia? 
Gil, I'm doing well. And it, it's so crafty. You're such a pro. When you were on with Mike Pritchard last segment, you mentioned you were able to weave in the last time the Washington Commanders were relevant. Of course, that was 1991. You got a chance to mention Brett Rippin, us crushing the Atlanta Falcons. And I got to say, it's a nice segue to me telling you tomorrow we are Sean Taylor days away from yes. NFL kickoff, which I cannot wait for. Yeah. Now, is that 21 or 36? Which Sean Taylor are we talking about? We're going with 21. And that's yes. mostly because that's what Santana Moss is holding over my right shoulder. That's right, 21. First of all, you're on to me. Secondly, uh, what is your excitement level? Like, where is your where is the Sienajad NFL excitement needle? Is it pinning right now? Oh, yeah, it's at, a, it's at a 10. I mean, as soon as I saw helmets and pads, which really was the Hall of Fame game, I was, I was all in, and I'm all in right now. I'm doing prop shows. I'm doing team totals. I'm doing all of that stuff just from a betting standpoint, but I just can't wait for the season to start to watch some regular season football. And, and honestly, uh, I know you weren't going to ask this, but I, I'm trying to find a way that the commanders are going to be good and maybe wild card bound. I can't find it. Gil. Yeah, I'm trying to, but I don't know. I mean, what's the path? Sam Howell is actually the Heisman hopeful Sam Howell that they uh, you know, got a great steal in, in the third round of the draft a couple years ago and then, you know, Terry McLaurin is incomparable and the off it's the offensive line, right? Like I mean if it sucks, it sucks. That's the problem. We don't know about the offensive line. Yeah, when you're trotting out Sam Howell, you want to have a reliable offensive line. I think mm -hmm. that's really the big problem. But we have Eric Bieniemy, and if listen, if Sam Howell is average to slightly above average, combine that with Eric Bieniemy, and then all of a sudden the offense can start clicking. You don't have to lean on the defense quite as much. But I really do like that Washington defense. I just, it, I just, it, especially in the NFC East, there's a lot of losses that pile up when you when you got the Cowboys and the Eagles, and and the, maybe they split with the Giants. Hard last, to see anything beyond that. Last name, uh, last year of the name Commanders, correct? It will be changed to something else next year. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, last thing on the NFL before we get to your uh, your golf. Your single most controversial take or most unconventional take heading into this season is? I've got a lot of them, but I'm going to go with the Titans to win the AFC, AFC South at plus 350. Um, I just think there's just too much rhetoric surrounding the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were very average last year until the tail end of the season when they got to play some sort of watered-down quarterbacks. Don't forget, the reason they got into the playoffs is because they got the opportunity at home to play Joshua Dobbs, who was only on the team for 13 days. That, of course, was that Tennessee Titans team who had the lead the entire game except for the last three minutes. So, I mean, I just think we're talking about Jacksonville like they're this elite AFC team. And I could see a Mike Vrabel team, which, you know, they had some bad injury luck last year. And I think, you know, Tannehill hopefully playing the entire season as opposed to 12 games last year i mean if he had played the full season they would have made the playoffs in my opinion so uh, i think the titans at plus 350 is is pretty live considering who else is in that division i like that answer all right let's go golf it is the second leg of the fedex cup the bmw championship olympia fields north course um on the heels of lucas glover winning his uh, winning a back-to-back -back tournament at the uh saint jude he's going for a three-peat back to back to back and the likes of patrick cantlay who he beat in the playoff last week uh, who had was going for his fourth FedEx Cup win in six, which I hadn't realized that he'd won three of the previous five. So I guess now he's going for his fourth and seventh. It's a field of 50. It goes, it goes from 70 to 50. It'll go to 30 next week. What are your thoughts? Let's start with the outrights on this. Yeah, I mean, Cantley, Cantley was really good. It's sort of Cantley season. I think he's okay at 10 to 1. But if I'm going to take a short shot, and I don't normally do this, 
I'm going to take Roy McIlroy at plus 650 because he is definitely, and I don't think, I think there's objective evidence at, at this point, he's playing better than anybody on the PGA Tour right now. Now, Tita Green, Scotty Scheffler was that dude for this entire season, but he's regressed a little bit, Tita Green. He's still amazing, but he's still regressed a little bit, Tita Green, and Roy has really caught up and surpassed him off the tee, on approach, uh, even with the around the green play. And then the putter, of course, we know is a big problem with Scotty. Not much of a problem for Roy McElroy. So listen, it's a 50-person field. It's a field and a course that's going to demand you to be good, to have all the tools in the bag. That's why I don't think guys like Lucas Glover really have too much of a shot on this particular course. So if I'm going to narrow the field to, to guys like the Rory's, like the Scotties, like the John Roms, Cantleys of the world, I'm going to go with the guy who's playing best. So I'm going to go with Roy McElroy at plus 650. A couple more guys. I do like Tommy Fleetwood at plus 2,200. He's had a problem closing on Sundays, but he's constantly in the conversation. His finishing positions have been unbelievable. Over the last six tournaments, I believe we have four of them that are top six or better. It's just a matter of closing on Sunday, but you give yourself enough opportunity, then you're going to eventually climb that ladder and close on Sunday. So I like him at 22 to one. And then a couple of long shots that I'll just casually mention. Russell Henley, Cam Davis. A note on Cam Davis. I think he's playing better than most people on the PGA Tour, and I don't know that everybody is recognizing it, and I think he has a shot at 50-1 to 1 to win this thing. All right, you are known, I know you don't love this, Sia, but you are known as the first-round leader guy. You have a great track record on this. Not something you want to be known as, but you've earned it, my friend. Uh, I'm curious that you, you, you like Tommy Fleetwood as an outright, and he's one of these guys that can always put together just an amazing round right, in any tournament, but yet you don't have him as one of your first-round leader bets. Why is that, and who did you end up with? It's so funny you say that because I, I didn't want to pick four guys because we only have a 50-person field. I barely wanted to pick three guys. Tommy Fleetwood was the last man out. I actually initially had Tommy Fleetwood, Cameron Young, and Ben on, but I took out Tommy Fleetwood and I added Cam Davis just because I love how Cam Davis is playing and his odds are longer. So I've got Cameron Young and Cam, Cam Davis. I mentioned them together at 28-1 to and 35-1 to because they're actually playing together tomorrow. So I'm hoping they both play well and they sort of draft upon each other with, with good vibes. But Cameron Young, I don't think people are noticing he's been really strong off the tee and really strong with the ball striking over the last 12 rounds now that's a short sample size but i'm looking for momentum i'm looking for good recent form cameron young checks that box and i just explained cam cam davis certainly checks that box as well and by the way look at cam davis's finishing positions over the last three tournaments all inside the top 10 my other guy is ben on ben on at 30 to 1 as a first round leader he is absolutely mashing it off the tee, the approach play has been a little inconsistent. Short game, he checks that box. So if the approach play and the off the tee are married on Thursday, then I I honestly think he will be the first round leader. So for me, I've got Cam Young, Cam Davis, and Ben on. I like it. You also have Tommy Fleetwood as a, as a top 10 finish at plus 175, I noticed as well. You know what this means, uh, Sia? This is absolutely going to be Tommy Fleetwood first round leader, right? Like I know. It's, it's totally good. I know. I, I'll tell you right now, <laughs> yo, I, I'm going to cheat on, on my picks, and I'm going to add Tommy Fleetwood personally as a first round leader. Yeah. And I think it's at 22 to 1, and that's what his tournament outright is. It's in that 22, 24 to 1 range. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to bet against Fleetwood in general, and that's why I have him as a top 10 as well at plus 175. All he's doing is top tenning, and he's doing it the right way because off the tee, approach, around the green, putter, like they're all super green. Like he's really checking those boxes in a big way. He really, honestly, I, I think he's allowed to win this tournament. I like the outright at 22 to 1. All right, and your matchups mirror some of what you've already talked about. That's right. I'm going to go with Rory over Scotty, and I already explained sort of why I'm doing that. I think Scotty has started to, like, listen, he's still arguably the best golfer in the world. But again, we've seen Scotty sort of wilt late in the season before, and we've seen Rory kind of put his 
his foot on the gas late in the season. That's what exactly what we're seeing right now. Love Rory's swagger too. Watch Rory this weekend. You're going to see that like classic Rory, like walk hop thing that he does. And he's just got a lot of swagger to him. Love how the game is trending. I've got Cameron Young minus 120 over Tony Finau. This is more of a Tony Finau fade than anything, but I do like Cameron Young. Finau's putter has been horrible. And his ball striking is very average. So really like Cameron Young here. And then Cam Davis over Sam Burns. This is this is a this is more of a fade on Sam Burns than anything. I mean, off the tee, he's lost five out of six, and Cam Davis has really been clicking. So I, I really like the minus one ten number there. And then finally, Ben on minus one ten over Tony Finau again. I'm fading Tony Finau. Ben on has been the better player over the last six, seven, eight tournaments. Ever since Mexico, Tony Finau has been actually quite bad, and I don't see him rebounding until after the offseason. See you, Najat. Everybody is BMW Championship bet. See it before we go. I, I never asked this question because you know we're always. Uh, I don't know if we're too cool for school talking about all these different betting markets. Who's in the Super Bowl? Who's winning the Super Bowl? What do you got? I'm stubborn. I had San Francisco last year, and I think San Francisco was going to win the Super Bowl if Brock Purdy didn't get injured early in that game. We could go to a lot of things there, including Shanahan, you know, having reviewed the Devontae Smith catch on fourth down. That changes the complexion of the game. Maybe Brock Purdy doesn't get injured. But I've got the San Francisco 49ers against the Buffalo Bills. I think those are the two best teams in the NFL, along with the Philadelphia Eagles. But I think the Eagles and the and the Niners are more even than people think. And so I'm going to get, even though I love Sirianni, I'm going to give the nod to Kyle Shanahan there. So give me the Niners to win the whole thing. I like it. I was I was right there with you with the Niners last year. What a bust that game was. Jeez. Yeah. See you in the shot, everybody. Thank you so much. See you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Gil. At S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D on Twitter. NFL and PGA analyst for Sportsline, co-host of the First Cut podcast. We'll come back. Mark Borcher joins us again. Just before he uh, is going to do the Q3 Derivatives podcast, Beating the Book podcast with me, he's got his baseball plays of the day. That's on the other side. Numbers Game, VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Throughout the NFL preseason, the VEASAN experts are busy evaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide is due out later this month, and I'll help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with... Picks from every on-air host, team-specific preseason analysis, how to use VEASAN betting splits, and football contest strategies. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and reserve your copy of the guide or take advantage of our football season special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl. For only $199, sign up today, <coughs> pardon me, at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. <coughs> Sorry, it's very unprofessional. Skill Alexander, Wyatt Tomchek in for Kelly Bidlin. By the way, I do have a tennis play today. One tennis play in Cincinnati. You would think that I would have more plays in, in Cincinnati, the tournament prior to the U.S. Open, but the way that the numbers have shaked, you know, shaken out yesterday and today, shaken out, shook out, shaken out, um, it's really been justifiable large favorites by and large, except for one. I do have one play today. I am on Yelena Ostapenko. I got her at plus 204 today against Elena Rabakina. That's... Yelena Ostapenko with a J against Elena uh, Elena Rabakina without a J. So Ostapenko is the player. I got her at plus 204. She is currently, she's not quite that high, I don't believe, but it's still playable. Let me just make sure what I'm seeing right now on Ostapenko. Ostapenko is a consensus. Oh, whoa, it went way down. Plus 158. Oh, my. So once again, I didn't notice that. It was plus 180 before the show. Shoot, I wish we had given it earlier. Here's the thing. Once again, we are way ahead on the number. Um, Has that translated to wins necessarily? No, not all the time. Choppy. 
So once again, we are cashing in at the CLV store. We'll see what we get at the CLV store with this one. Would I still play it at plus 154? I mean, honestly, I, I would set the parameter at about plus 165-ish, to be quite honest. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that'll still play it at plus 154. But again, if you're a subscriber at vsin.com slash picks, you'd have gotten that number last night. Again, it pays to be a subscriber, not just my plays, not just our guests' plays here on a numbers game, but all hosts and all guests on the network at vsin. Mark Borchard is going to join me for a Beating the Book podcast after this. We're going to do the podcast version of the Q3 Derivatives numbers game segments that we did yesterday. He joins us now to talk today's baseball. How you doing, Mark? Yeah, I'm doing great. You know what uh, we like about you? Hit it. I'm laid back. Got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. <laughs> we love that. By the way, you said that on air. I don't know if you remember. You said it off air, but then you repeated it on air. That's how we got it. Oh, that's where they got yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Good yeah. job, guys. That's great. I'm going to be known in like all these years of, of number crunching, learning how to program Python. I'm going to be, be known for that sound clip. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Learning how to program <laughs> Python and spitting rhymes. That's your thing. Hey, man. Gotcha. Uh, we sometimes you and I we run into something that's beautiful. And yesterday again, we we pointed this out for a couple minutes this morning. That was just a beautiful thing with Luis Severino against the Braves in the first inning yesterday. How crazy! How crazy were you going? Gills one and zero on baseball, man. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's me. for a guy who used to bet hundreds of games in the summer. I am now a documented. Well, it was actually three and zero because I played them every which way. Right, I played run line in both the first five and the full game as well. But it was. I mean, I was just making the point at the beginning. Um, you know, it's just one bet, and especially one frame could have gone anyway. For goodness sakes, you know, again, Acuna was at third with no outs. Then it would have been a bad beat. We were one strike away from from losing it, and then Ozuna goes yard. But it, it's it's just the point of when these things happen, you just gotta bet them. Like, cause you know, you can't you can't not bet them because if if you don't, then then what are we doing? What are we even talking about? What's all this research for? What's all of the number crunching for? So it was just one of those great moments where, where you know, it's a, in a bottle and it happens. It was wonderful. Um, you were on it as well, I trust. Oh, no, you said you didn't want to do it, right? Because you, you know what I did? Yeah. I ended up going, and this is what's so cool about, about modern day betting because this didn't exist when we started, uh, whatever, 15 years ago, yeah. you could not bet a draw, no bet first inning Braves minus 174. And that's what I did yesterday. And so like, I guess, you know, it's gotten more difficult the the, the, the actually, you know, the market's a lot more competitive than it was 15 years ago, Sure, but you do have really cool betting markets. That was one that I've, that's the first time I've ever bet that market, but a draw, no bet first inning. Uh, it was great. Okay. What do you like today? Well, I'm going to go uh, to uh, Dayball, a businessman special over in Colorado, and uh, I, I like the Diamondbacks here, and it's not really that huge of a difference on my model. I'm, I'm seeing it priced in the market at minus 128. My model has it at minus 139, so not that big of a difference. But uh, Gomber has some stats that I, I, I don't like. Uh, strikeout percentage is in the 14th percentile, it's 14.7 from a raw standpoint, last 150. His ISO power allowed, and this looks back to the last 500 plate appearances. I think that's a decent sample size. Uh, he's in the 8th percentile there, .206 raw ISO allowed. And then if you look at the stuff plus, and we touched upon this yesterday, uh, it's in the 7th percentile. So bad stuff and bad results so far. And I, I just I, I can't get sold on Austin Gomber. I'm going to go, and I don't, I don't know that much, and, and I don't think anybody knows that much about Slade Ciccone, who's going to pitch for the, for the D-backs, but I don't care. I also think we have a better hitting team 
if you look at the D-backs, they're ninth by my ratings. If you look at the Rockies, they're 26th by my ratings. And then if you have, uh, you look at the bullpen, I've got the D-backs actually in the top 15 at number 11, and the Rockies are, are, are down there at uh, number 24, Gil. So for all those reasons, I think the D-backs are a good play today uh, in Colorado day game. Let me ask you about the D-backs, because we brought this up with Will Hill earlier. Uh, they've been terrible, and yet... They're only two and a half games out of a wild card. When I did the whole exercise yesterday, juxtaposing the uh, fan graphs and baseball reference numbers against the betting lines, the Diamondbacks didn't come up as a, as a bet in any way. Do they for you to make the postseason? They were yesterday. They were 20.7% yesterday. They, uh, I had them at, so that's a, a 383 line. And then the yes price yesterday was 475. Now, overnight, their, their percentage have changed from 20.7% to 24.1%. So whatever that 24.1% translates to a money line and then compare it with what you guys can get from your books. I think it's it's probably a decent play. You know, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna make I made a play yesterday on the D backs just just because, Gil. Just because. Okay. Uh, so you like the Diamondbacks today for full game? Was it full game bet? Game. Yeah. Let's go full game. On full that game one. for the gentleman's special. Um, what else do you like? I'm gonna go with the, uh, the the Reds first five. This is a play I don't make a lot, but I'm gonna make it here. It's the team total over two and a half. Minus 122 for the first five. And I've got 4.09 runs projected. And it's just a, it's a play against Syndergaard. Uh, you look at a strikeout percentage, 13.3% last 150. Uh, ISO powers, uh, not as bad as Gombers, but close, 0.204 in the ninth percentile. And then stuff plus is 15th percentile. So I, I don't know what Cleveland, and I don't want to disparage their analytics department. It's one of the best in the business. So maybe they see something with Syndergaard. But for me, it hasn't translated uh, to the results or to the underlying metrics. Uh, I'm going to play Cincinnati uh, over two and a half at uh, Great American Small Park, first five innings. Gil. You and Will Hill, simpatico on that bet. Both of you have the same bet on that. Um, the, the fate of Syndergaard, the Reds team total over first five. By the way, I said uh, gentleman special. I meant businessman special, obviously, at Coors. You were, you were thinking, of, you live in Las Vegas. I think there's a lot of gentlemen specials out there, Gil. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Uh, what was the, uh, what's the third play? One more? I'm going to do one more, yeah. yeah. Uh, a base winner parlay. A show would not be complete without a base winner parlay. Of course. And, and the first uh, leg of that's going to be San Diego Padres. Uh, I'm going to go with the, the Padres' first five in that game, and I'm going to go with the Dodgers' full game. And uh, if if they both hit, it's a plus-125 return. I'm going to play against Dean Kramer. I know he's the, the guy who's made the most money for people. Uh, but if you kind of look at his advanced metrics, and we'll just we'll just use a, a raw base winner ERA on him, uh, not bad, but but a 4.25 raw base winner ERA. And then I think this is something that's interesting. We haven't really talked about it that much on the show, but I, on my site I have expected standings. So this is kind of a luck-based standings. And the Orioles, 74 and 46, if you look at the standings on MLB.com. But if you look at the expected standings on BaseWinner.com, you got 65.4 to 54.6. Wow. So they're the second luckiest team in baseball, only behind the Reds. And then conversely, you got the Padres. If you look at the, the uh, MLB.com, they're 57 and 63. But according to BaseWinner.com, they should be 67.9 and 52.1. And so that's minus 10.9. And you kind of look at just what, what comprises those numbers. Weighted runs created plus, Padres 5% better than average, XFIP minus 4% better than average, and defensive runs saved. They're really good. Uh, 36 runs uh, defensively saved uh, places them third in baseball from a fielding standpoint, Gil. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, Baltimore again with your Bill James, uh, you know, tried and true Pythagorean theorem. 
you're right. I mean, they, he has them as seven, or Pythagorean theorem has them seven games worse than they actually are. Baltimore, right? 74 and 46 in the standings, but 67 and 53 expected win-loss. A lot of that, the one-run record too, right? 22 and 11 has really helped them along. And the Padres, the converse of that, what you are just talking about, you know the Padres are 0-10 in extra inning games this year? Oh, and how is that possible? That's a great stat poll, Gil. That that might be the best one of the show. Yeah. The best one of the week, maybe. Oh, I don't know. 10. Well, you know what? You know, you know. I think with these one-run games, I don't know. I, I need to like study it, but I think it goes back to bullpen. I think if you have a crappy bullpen, you're gonna have a crappier record. I think if you have a good good bullpen, you're gonna have a good record. Make, make logic sense. I you know, would love to quantify that over the. Yeah, because I mean, you can plan to a degree, right? But you can't plan it completely. Uh, who you have left to go at that point. Uh, Mark, I'll talk to you in about 20 minutes. We'll do the Q3 podcast side of Beating the Book. Sounds great, Gil. Thanks. Oh, man. Mark Borchard from an undisclosed location in the desert at Basewinner, basewinner.com, the Basewinner pod. That's where you can find him. Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashing the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20. MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Gil Alexander, Wyatt Tomchek, ladies and gentlemen, in for Kelly Bidlin. Wyatt, if we don't hear from you for the rest of the week, thank you for uh, for doing this on short notice. Day after day. Well, if, if Kelly's not here Friday, I'll be here Friday. You are writing him off for the week. Is that what you're doing? It, it, we're 0 for 3 right now, and it hasn't got better. So I'm going to say, survey says the, uh, yeah, no. 
I would say, you know, just enjoy the rest, or not, well, I wouldn't say enjoy the rest of the week, but hopefully the couple days off will make you feel a little bit better. Brian M., speaking about your Josh Towers thing at Grid, he said, you missed Josh Towers on Baltimore-Toronto this week. I think it was like 1%, uh, 0.1% rarity. Oh, what did I use? I used Jose Jose Bautista, I think, for that one. Just 13%, but dang it. Ah. Here's here's my immaculate grid pro tip of the hour. You ready for this? Um, When Silver Slugger comes up, yesterday was a Silver Slugger 3,000 hits. I got cute and went Roberto Clemente. You know what I learned? Silver Sluggers didn't start till 1980. Yes, that's what my my roommate was having a problem with that. Yeah. You you know which uh, Silver Slugger I was very happy for? When they did that weird, like, you know, every category was an award. Yes. For pitcher and uh, Silver Slugger, Max Freed. That was a good one. 1% for me. Wait, there was a pitcher that... Pitcher with Silver Slugger? Yeah, yeah, because remember when the NL would hit, they would give out that award for the best hitting pitcher. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right. Oh, clever. Well yeah. done, Wyatt Tomchak. I don't know if Jason Weingarten plays the Immaculate Grid, but he's under a cloud of smoke in Southern Cali. He joins us at Spreadopedia for baseball thoughts. How you doing, man? Pretty good. How's it going? Good. Do you play that? No, I don't. Why? You'd be great at it. I just, uh, you know, I got so much... So much to do, I, I can't just sit there and play oh, trivia games. Here we go. Listen, without, this, without this, money being this, on the line. this doesn't make you a better human being than us, Jason. I just want to point that out. This does not make you a superior human. No. Yeah. Okay. Just curious. Look, Jason. Jason, <laughs> if you if you get them all right, I'll give a hundred bucks of Gil's money. To you. <laughs> That's to you. right. If you go nine for nine and you get below a hundred, maybe there will be a prize for you, Jason. You would love it. That's what I'm saying. It's obsessed. Anyway. Okay. We'll move. I on. mean, yeah. How can I? How can I put time to do this when? We got the the Jones Cup from Taiwan with, with UC Irvine <laughs> that's, playing basketball that's in the true. middle of the night. There's, did you did you bet on this? Sure did. Oh, what happened? Irvine was a thirty seven and a half point favorite versus Taiwan in this uh, this tournament. It's you know not that I knew it existed before this week, but uh, Irvine is the U.S. representative in this tournament. I don't know how that happened either, but uh, I was happy to lay thirty seven and a half points. Against Taiwan, they they won by fifty something. They have a day off, and then I'll be back laying whatever they are versus Iran in the next game. All right. I, don't, Ir- I don't Irvine versus Iran. How can I miss that? I do not dare ask for your thinking on either of these because I don't I don't want to know uh, because I know in some situations like this before random sports events where there's these massive lines, you have taken the number right, but you your thinking in this case was. Well, how could this go wrong? I'm laying the. I'm I mean, Irvine. Irvine's yeah. a a college team with you know legitimate yeah. seven footers, and none of these under twenty two teams you know are bringing seven footers to these tournaments okay. for the most part. All right, how much are you able to get down on these? By the way, two hundred fifty bucks. Okay, maybe five hundred, but you know you could do it through multiple accounts, so it adds enough up. to at least you know pay a couple couple bills or something. I love it. Um, okay, what about baseball today? What did you end up with? Yeah, you know, uh, slightly slow day. I did, uh, did lay the 173 against the Angels, you know, continuing my uh, recent run of just fading the Angels while they continue to circle the drain here. Um, I got the the Giants today. Giants minus one thirteen versus yes the uh, the Rays. I actually bet the Rays to miss the playoffs this week at thirteen to one. Ooh, okay. You don't. Yeah, Draft Dra- Kings was offering that. Yeah, just they they have had they've been decimated by injuries. They really have. 
And now the they've uh, you know it would it would be really something to to start out you know thirty and eleven or whatever they did and somehow miss the playoffs. But baseball's a weird sport, and you know it's just sort of a matter of fact they're missing like two thirds of their or three fifths of their original starting rotation at this point, mm-hmm. and you know they're just killing their own pitchers. Um, obviously, you know they take risks on guys with Tommy John you know, potential to begin with, but it's getting to the point where it's, it's unsustainable for, for a team to, you know, with, the next time we see Shane McClanahan, it's going to be 2025. Yeah. So you're, you're pointing the finger at the organization itself. Absolutely. They know it's their fault. They, they know it's their fault. It's, it's, you know, I don't, I can't point to one thing they're doing. And, you know, obviously, like I said, um, they take risks on guys who have a higher chance at Tommy John, but, uh, McClanahan, uh, Tyler Glass, now Jeffrey Spriggs, Drew Rasmussen, Shane Baz, Jalen Beeks, um, Nick Anderson. He tore his UCL. I mean, I, I, there's even a couple more guys that, to keep going down that list. You know, at a certain point, it's a, a pattern here, and the players union should be looking into it at the very least. It's interesting, and of course, then there's the non-organizational stuff, which is the Wander Franco story. Just seems to be getting worse and worse. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the next time we're going to see him. Unfortunately, yeah, uh, you know, we're always going to have that uh, that rookie of the year race. But you know, it, that's a, a major deal just from a, a betting standpoint. You know, losing essentially probably the best shortstop in the American League is is nothing to you know. That there there's there's a hole in that lineup now. Yeah, Tampa Bay. By the way, five games in the playoff picture, so they are five games ahead. Of being on the outside looking in, in other words, that's where it is. Thirteen to one is what you got about on the no. Yeah, I mean, in five games in this case, in the wild card race is likely enough. Like they banked enough wins early that this is probably you know they're probably still going to get into the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the division at this point. I think the Orioles, you know, have have moved ahead of everybody. As weird as that is to say, um, but there's still a chance. I mean, five games. Five games is only five games. It's a lot or a little. You know, is is it a lot? It's it's a lot in the case of the Angels. Um, is it enough of a cushion? I, I don't know. Yeah, did you see, this is random, but did you see that, first of all, the Giants won last night 7 to nothing. a offensive outburst from the Giants. Uh, it was a, I don't know if you saw Wade Meckler. Wade Meckler, who, from high A, you sent me a tweet about this. He's gone from high A to the big leagues in the same year, which is super rare. And so he's his first few at bats, like he was totally getting the worst calls from the umpire, right? Balls were like coming like two inches outside of the box, and he was getting called strikes. And finally, Gabe Kapler had enough and was just, I can't remember who the umpire was. You, uh, I'll have to, I apologize for not knowing his name, but he, he just absolutely, Kapler came out there and just destroyed him. Like, you're killing this kid. You are like destroying his confidence, right? And, uh, and, the, and the ump was like, oh, come on, I'm not doing that. Kapler got tossed, but I'll tell you what, Wade Meckler, two hits right after that. Um, I don't know if you saw that, but that was a pretty interesting exchange with Gabe Kapler last night. I saw I saw a lot of Giants people I follow talking about the umpire and not being particularly impressed with the game he was calling. That that does sort of sound like typical umpire stuff for a a rookie, but you know it's it's nice to see a manager stand up for it a player great. like that. That's that's not necessarily something you see very often. Yeah, Chad Whitson, by the way, was the name of the home plate umpire. All right, so you like the Giants. What were the what was the one before the Giants? Did you have one before the Giants? Uh Rangers. Rangers. Playing the big number against the Angels. I mean it's just like yeah. at this point, what are you what are you betting on the Angels for? 
Like I'm I'm starting to even second guess at this point if Otani is going to pitch again for the Angels. Oh wow! How much he's going to pitch again? And obviously he's got the MVP locked up, but you know we're getting to that point where he's not going to play a meaningful game for the final six weeks of the season. You know, are we going to have to have that argument? Is he really the MVP again? Yeah, I, and yet, and I know you disagree with this, and yet I feel like they still didn't have a choice. At the at the trade deadline, I really do. I just think they had to keep him and go for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not no. saying you know they went out and got Lucas Giolito. You can't really hate on any of that. They just got outmaneuvered. And I think in this case, being the first mover here, you know, and getting Giolito and then seeing you know your division opponents get Scherzer and Verlander, you didn't nearly make make as much of an impact as you thought you were, you know, relative to your competitors. Yeah. So, you know. It, they, they might have done the right thing, and like they didn't really give up anything of value particularly, but they just didn't execute, and it's going to have consequences. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know Otani's gone, Phil Nevin's gone. It's going to be a new team next year because they didn't produce. And Giolito has not been good, to say the least. Was there a third pick, or that, those two? That's it. That's all I got today. My man. Jason Weingarten, we'll see you on Friday, maybe? Friday, I hope they'll be there in person. Either way, I'll be here. I yeah. love it. Jason Weingarten, everybody. Thank you, Jason. We've done all we can do. The Lombardi line is next. Enjoy from Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.